This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 419. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman, and I'm joined today by President Jacob Paulson. It's like, what am I going to say this time? Well, he's the big man. He's the big chief. I'm not as short as Matthew, but I'm not as tall as you. So if we're going by <laughs> physical prowess, I'm just average. Uh, today's episode, we are talking about five range bag items that are important that you may be missing. What are those five things? I don't know. I, well, I, I have my list. I don't know what Jacob's list is. We decided we would... I, the title is five range bag items. You came up with your own list of five. I came up with my list of five. We're going to compare notes. There's a, there's a possibility we, we picked some, some of the same stuff. I have backups just in case. Well, I, I, well, that's fine. That's fine. But I also think it's uh, totally cool if we pick the same thing. Because that would just like re... That would like... That would strengthen the argument even more for people needing to have that particular item in their bag. Sure. <laughs> uh, so I'm looking forward to being surprised. And uh, today's episode is brought to you by our spring, our huge spring giveaway. Uh, this is a, a, a big giveaway that we've partnered together with a bunch of other companies. We've got, uh, of course, ConcealedCarry.com, Nanak, uh, the case manufacturers, uh, Nine Line Apparel, Crossbreed Holsters, Guns.com, New Bold, and Law of Self-Defense. In fact, you see it right there. Boom. Spring giveaway. So, guys, here's the deal. When does this end, Jacob? Just a couple of days, right? First, end of the month. Yep. So you got like five more days, I think it is, until this ends. So you have until that point to sign up free. All right. There's there's nothing there's Nothing you got to contribute to this. You just got to sign up. It'll it'll ask you for your email address. Chances are most of you are already on our list. But uh, sign up, and you'll have the chance to win, I don't know, what is it, 1800 bucks worth of stuff or something? Well, eight prizes, eight winners. So you you know the, the best case scenario is you win the gun from guns.com. It's a CZ75 or gun of equal value. So that's the best prize. But you also might win the Nanic 935 uh, uh, case. That's that's almost a five hundred dollar product. The law you know, of self defense bundles three hundred and forty dollars. I, I like this because there's something for everybody. Yeah, and and yep. and a lot of winners. Yep, eight winners, eight prizes. So there's a good chance one of you watching or listening will be a lucky winner. And there's some good stuff. Like honestly, <clears throat> because I'm a little jealous, the fact that Jacob got this same gun case from Nanak, I I want one. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> it may sound like what? How can a gun case be worth four hundred eighty nine dollars? Well, you haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, I saw it in the warehouse when it got uh, shipped to us and uh, opened it up and and took a peek and I went, oh, dang it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be a great case for transporting guns to their range. So, guys, uh, sign up today concealedcarry.com forward slash spring giveaway. And don't delay, because again, this is going to end in just a few days on April—not uh, April, May thirty-first. Can you believe it? I'm still thinking it's April, and in a few days we're going to be already into June. Concealedcarry.com forward slash spring giveaway. 
Also, today's episode is sponsored by CCW Safe, our choice for self defense coverage, legal coverage. I think you should check out CCW Safe today. Uh, in fact, you know they have a great lineup of plans because the ultimate plan is is really where it's at. I mean, it's ultimate, right? Uh, but they also have the was it the protector or defend, defender? The defender, defender plan defender, is the civilian yeah. oriented one. If you happen to be a law enforcement officer, you can sign up for the protector plan. Is that right? Did I get that right? Uh, I can't remember if it's called a protector, but it's, I mean, you, when you go to their website, they have like law enforcement plans and then they have uh, permit plans, you know? And so if you got a right. badge, click on the law enforcement. If you have a permit, click on the permit plans. Yep. 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 I'm looking right now. Yeah. It's the protector plan, which is for active or retired military and law enforcement officers with CCW permits. So I don't qualify. Yeah. And it's, anyway, point is great coverage and the ultimate plan comes with a lot of great coverage. The protector and defender plans are still, they're like 90% of the same, like all, all good stuff. So chances are there's a plan for you. Check it out, ccwsafe.com. All right, Jacob, unless there's some, some, anything else I missed. Good to go. Surprises with your number one item on your list. Of oh, I didn't range bag items. Order. Now I feel like pressure well, to make no, no, like the best one. No, I just mean your whichever your first one is. All right. Well, I really like my real avid pistol tool. Mm. So, in fact, hold on a sec. I'll grab it. Here's my range bag. All right. So, here it is. The real avid pistol tool. Uh, I like this because I used to have just a ton of tools in my range bag. In fact, most of them are still in there, to be honest. But one day I'll clean them out and I won't need them anymore because I have this sucker. So I'm a big fan. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's hefty. I mean, it's bigger than your average pocket knife, but I would say maybe not as big as your average multi-tool. And it's, it's slick because it's got all the kind of stuff you need, like a punch. You know, you might need a punch for taking down something on a, on a, on your handgun. Got that. And I can tell you that punch right there is the right size for disassembling a Glock. Yes, correct. It yep. has a kind of multi-use um, screwdriver thing, and it comes with one, two, three, four, five, six different bits uh, that you could use. You know, some of those are pretty traditional, like Phillips and flathead, but some are like star configurations and other things that come in pretty handy when in that context for a variety of different guns and such. It has um, a couple of Allen wrenches, one, two, three, four, very small ones that are you know handy for various things. It's, I mean, it's got it's got a it's got a knife, you know, if you need a blade for something, mm-hmm. uh, I suppose, you know, it's got a decent little a little knife there. Uh, I really like it. I just like this tool because I feel like it's compact. It's it's made for working on a handgun, and it works, you know fits in my bag, and I don't have to have a bunch of other tools. So, and and I'll add that real Avid's just cool. Like, I just think they make. I've never seen a real avid product that I didn't think well done, like good job. Mm-hmm. So we sell these yeah. and, and you can get them, I think anywhere like Brownells or, you know, I don't know about like a Walmart or something, but, but certainly at concealcare.com they're available. Yep. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Uh, and, and I've uh, seen your tool and seen it put to use and it's a, it's a great little tool. Speaking of which I have some tool related items on my list, but they're probably more specific, uh, but I'm going to still hang on to those. 
Now, David Adams on Facebook commenting uh, number two equals ammo. Well, I should I should say well, he said that number one should be a firearm. So he's he's putting his list. <laughs> right, right, number right. Adam should be a gun. Number two, ammo. The point of today's episode because I, I think we did an episode once where we kind of talked about range bag stuff, sure. and it was it was more comprehensive and probably more obvious stuff. Uh, so this is implying that you know we're, we're talking about those like lesser known or maybe not so on top of mind uh, mm-hmm. type items. That's what that's what today's episode is really really geared towards. So uh, I like it. I dig it. That's a good first pick, Jacob. Yep, the real avid pistol. And I'll just add that they uh, this is the one I keep in my range bag, but they have a tool specifically for carbines. They also have one they call like their gun tool, which is meant to be kind of a little bit more you know, broad, it's a little bit bulkier. And uh, yeah, I think they have some other little tools that you know achieve various specific things. But I, I like the pistol tool; that's what I have. Mm. Well, here's my first pick: spare everything, like spare parts, pieces, whatever. Backups. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, everything might be a bit of a stretch, right? But uh, yeah. let me give you some examples of, of what I'm talking about. So for instance, if you run electronic anything, all right? So whether that's your hearing protection, uh, and you should know it runs on AAAs or AA's or whatever, you know, for electron- a lot of electronic hearing protection. Most of them are probably on AAA's. I always try to make sure I have a small package of AAA batteries in my bag. Uh, if you are running some kind of red dot optic or illuminated optic of some kind, um, you should have spare batteries for it. Uh, so I always, you know, between my rifles, a lot of those run on a, a 2032 battery, little button battery. Uh, and then my uh, red dots on my pistols run on a 1632, which is an odd little bugger, sometimes hard to find. So I make sure I have several of those uh, spares in my bag. And I learned that lesson the hard way. Actually, last year at the Wyoming Wyoming governor's match uh, that I went to shoot a three gun match and my, uh, my optic on my rifle. So granted it's not, not the end of the world cause it had a reticle in there still, but I, it was a stage that had a lot of close up targets and having that red dot in the center of my vortex scope is, is really key to shooting those fast for me. And my, my red dot had gone dead <laughs> and I went to the bag and I'm like, Oh no, I don't have any spares. So I had to uh, I had to bum one off of somebody I don't remember who it was now but it was that's a great thing about our community and especially amongst the competitive shooters community everybody's usually I mean just will bend over backwards to help fellow shooters when they need help with something so somebody's like oh what's wrong and I'm like ah, I'm, my battery is dead and my optic oh what what do you need twenty thirty two no problem got you covered. And I was up and going. So uh learned that lesson the hard way. I, I went right to... Now, I, I think I had kept some spares in the past, just I had not done as good a job of staying on top of the inventory. So I uh, made sure to order some and get them restocked in the bag. Uh, other spare type items. Um, well, spare mags, obviously. You want to make sure you have spare mags. Having a spare gun is not a bad idea. Now, especially yeah. if you're going to like a shooting course of some kind. I mean, you've made an investment. You've paid for the course. You're paying to travel to get there, whether that's just a little bit of gas or whether you're actually flying to, to attend a course or whatever. Uh, you don't want to get there and then have something break or go wrong on your gun. And stuff does break. All right. And, and it's more common probably during a a two or three day shooting course where you're shooting a lot of rounds in short order. And so sometimes just having a spare gun, like I always, I never go to a class and not have a spare gun. 
because it's far easier just to, all right, that one went down. Let's just grab this one over here and run that. Uh, we'll deal with the, the issue later on. It, it sucks. I never, when you have, to, I never go to the range with only one gun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, same here. And I think I think a lot of other people, a lot of shooters are probably in that same boat. But don't forget that when, especially if you're going to a class or to a shooting competition. Um, spare holsters, same reason there. Sometimes holsters break or you want to run something different. Or sometimes, what you know, where this comes in handy too is you get there and somebody, realize, somebody else realizes they forgot something. And it's really, really nice and really handy to be able to just lend something to somebody. Uh, so, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, batteries, batteries galore. I Oh, shot timers, you know, like now it's in the case of the range tech shot timer, free chargeable. So I try to make sure it's charged up before I go to the range, but it's good to have a little battery pack. If I need to give a little bit, little bit of juice while I'm at the range or on my way to the range, uh, or if you're using a shot timer that uses a, a, a changeable battery, then, uh, you know, like nine volts, for instance, are a common one with uh, some of the shot timers. Make sure you have a couple of those spares as well. So that should give you some some food for thought on having spare equipment and support equipment type stuff in your range bag. So one thing ahead of my list, and I'm going to cross it off because it's I'm going to put it in the category you just mentioned, but I always have a power bank because I use so many things at the range that are rechargeable. Um, my phone often dies when I'm at the range, for example. Uh, so I want to be able to recharge my phone. My shot timer is rechargeable. My Mantis is rechargeable. So anyway, that's just a thought. Is I always have a, a dedicated power bank to the range bag, and I'll often charge it up on the on the way to the range. You know, just like I'll just plug it into the car via USB and make sure it's topped off. So if anything dies on me at the range, I guess I'm not going to plug into. <laughs> ben here saying that my first tip is to have two fully stocked range bags. Yes. Yes, pretty much. That would work really well. <laughs> Actually, although I fit, I fit all of that into one bag, uh, for the most part. So, but I right, do have two bags next. just because I'm Riley. Well, <laughs> if, if, I, if people knew how many bags I took to the range when we teach a class. Okay. <laughs> um, how about this? This is the next one on my list. I think that. Uh, for a long time, I was too macho to want to have some sort of like mag loader, speed loader kind of thing. But in good Riley form, I got two here in my range bag all the time. So <laughs> I, you know, I've never found something that I felt like really outperforms the Uplula from Maglula. So uh, and I like the burnt orange ones. So the Maglula Uplula, that's my number two item that I think is often overlooked. They take up very little space. They're very efficient. They work for all my handgun mags. And I may not use them like just on a personal trip to the range when I'm just going to go through a couple hundred rounds. But if I'm teaching or I'm a student in a class where I'm going to go through 300, 400 rounds a day, sometimes over several days in a row, yeah, I'm going to be using the Uplula like all, constantly all the time. Yeah, uh, that's that's my reloader of choice. You know, and you and I have tested some others. I've got this one. I don't remember what it's called that seemed real like it would be really cool maybe even promising but then in practice just doesn't really work in fact i've tried several products that pretty much all fit in that category of don't work <laughs> as well as the maglula not as well right and and like there are some that are like that come with like glock oftentimes a, a glock handgun will come with one from glock that's designed for that size of mag and fine it's okay but even those don't seem to work as well as the Uplula, and they're like gun specific so 
Yeah, I just you can't beat these. I really wish we could get them at a cheaper price. Like our, we do sell these on concealedcarry.com. Our margin is pretty pathetic and pitiful, and we <laughs> it try really to get is. Them. Yeah, it's like we just make like almost not like not to discourage you from please, buying them from us. Please we'll don't really take the just, couple dollars. Just don't ask us to to discount it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we never put these things on sale because <laughs> we'd lose money. But at, uh, and, and our attempts to try and buy them directly from Maglula have failed. They only will let us buy them through large wholesale distributors. But anyway, um, yeah, big fan. I just don't think you can beat it. They take up almost no space. They're I think I think what's retailing these like thirty five. They're not expensive. Something like that. Uh, and what do we sell them for? I, th- I think we sell them for 35 whatever retail is. Yeah, pretty close to it, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the only tip on these is they do tend to walk away. Uh, you know, your students or fellow shooters or other people the range tend to walk off with these. So a couple of tips of the trade would be uh, different colors. They come in pink and purple and lime green and dark green and burnt orange and black. And so getting a different color is going to help you distinguish it from, from most shooters on the line who are going to have black. We sell black like five to one. And the second thought would be that um, you can take a like a silver sharpie or a black sharpie or whatever color is appropriate based on it, and put some some name or symbol or initials or something on here, and that'll also you know hopefully help someone from accidentally walking away with yours. Yep, pink sounds like a safe color. I've just never been brave enough to actually go and buy them. Yeah, our, our, we've got an instructor in North Carolina in our network who he only uses pink ones so that no one will <laughs> steal them. Well, I don't know. Some some students might. <laughs> cool. That's that's a great second pick. Um, that's always in my bag for sure, for sure. Um, all right. My second item is so again, and this is going to be kind of kind of lame after Jacob's first item, but <laughs> I'm very specific to this. Uh, I always have a Leatherman. And uh, so the Leatherman is just so so handy to have. And particularly, I, I like the Leatherman Wave model because uh, it has so many great tools on it, plus a really, really great sharp knife, uh, plus a whole separate serrated knife, plus a saw. Like, you've seen me pull out that saw to cut a two-by-four in half at the range before. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, in fact, I remember one time cutting a, two by six or two by eight when Corey and I were doing some filming for uh, the uh, uh, complete home defense course, the whole section, mm. we were testing stuff at the range uh, ballistically. And I had some like two by six or two by four thing. I had to saw in half and I was like, crap, let them into the rescue. <laughs> so uh, that one was a little bit challenging getting through, but uh, that that's how handy that tool is. You know, it's got it's got the screwdrivers on it. It's got a pair of scissors. It's got a great knife, saw, serrated knife, uh, bottle opener, opener, can opener. You know, if you need to crank open some some food or drinks, you're you know if that's if that's your thing. So anyway, my Leatherman Wave is is I've got actually multiple of them now and they're not inexpensive but because i like having them where i need them so i've got one in a range bag that just stays there all the time mm. indeed indeed um yeah i i mean i generally have a multi-tool on me because my pocket knife is a wannabe multi-tool and so i think that's a good that's a good tip i, I mean a pair of pliers comes in handy all the time oh various i don't even think i, I mentioned mean, the pliers yes yeah i mean there you go that's a, by nature, it's a Leatherman, so I, maybe people picked up on that. But it's I a given. Make, state the obvious, right? So plus wire cutters and all that. Yeah, 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 right. So yeah, 
Sounds good. And it's true. How come my real avid pistol tool doesn't have any pliers on it? Yeah. That's a fail. It's not right like there. A See, you have to have a Leatherman and the real avid tool. I guess. I guess. <laughs> David says Leatherman should be on your hip. You know, back in my construction days, that is exactly where mine rode 24 7, but not so much anymore. So one thing I kind of wish the wave had was a, a little. I think you can add a clip to it. Um, I just never have. But anyway, well, the Leatherman. Uh, I mean, if you're going to put it in your pocket, the Leatherman. It's the skeleton something. Is it skeleton or skeletool or? Anyway, it's a slightly sl- slimmer format, and I think it's more. Or and it, and it comes with the pocket clip. So if you if you want yeah. to carry a Leatherman EDC style, I would I would go with whatever the skeleton something yeah. is. I've got a third one, the the Wingman, which is mm, not a bad tool. Yeah. It doesn't have. There's a couple things on it. I wish it had, but uh, it, you know that one's a, again a little bit smaller footprint and got a clip on it. Um, also, not very expensive. I think you buy them for like twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah, not bad. But anyway, very bueno. All right, yeah. next on my list. Mm-hmm, so I'm bouncing around here trying to decide which ones I like. Um. All right, I'll state one that's a little bit more obvious, but I think often neglected, and that would be a trauma kit. And I generally like to have my trauma kit in my range bag in such a way that it's, it's, it's in its own bag, it's in its own pouch. So I can have this in my range bag, show up, pull it out of the range bag, and stick it right on the table on its own. And do that because then it's very visible to other people. So if anybody else comes by, they can see, oh, look, that must be a, a, a trauma kit. It's got a big red cross on it or something. So I think you want to have a trauma kit in its own dedicated bag, carrier, or pouch that you can set out where it's visible so anybody walking by could see it, know what it is, and what it's for. We could get into the details of what's in them, but I think we got other content about that. Yep, absolutely. No, that is that is a good good choice there. In fact, uh, that I think probably because it is such a given for me now, now nowadays that I didn't think it, to include it in this particular list. So you did well, though, because I think... There's a lot. I mean, if you just look at the typical patron at your local ranges, how many of them have trauma kits with them? Yeah, very few. It's still, you know, so this is still yeah. a, I mean, I think a lot of our audience, a lot of you folks watching, listening, you know, you're already getting on that wagon and I, I, that makes me proud. Uh, we got to, you know, keep that wagon growing and getting bigger uh, because, uh, you know, I think everybody should have one without a doubt. That, at the very least, a tourniquet. Well, I'll add, I'll add two thoughts there. One would be obviously buy them from us. We sell them. Mountainmanmedical.com would be the place to do that. But, but the second thought is that you need to also be thoughtful because a lot of people will – I'll say what I said and they'll say, well, I keep one on my hip or I keep it in my cargo pocket or it's in my ankle cuff. Well, that's that's awesome. Like props to you for going above and beyond. But beyond the one thing you have on you, I think you should also have one that you set on the table uh, at the firing line because the thing that's on you – when crap goes down in the range, you know, the, the lane next door or, you know, if you're the one who goes down, other people may not know what you have on you. So having that 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 kit, you know, visible on the line where everybody can see it and anybody could grab it, even not the people who are with you, but someone who's in the lane or the range next next to yours, I think that's important. Well, and you, you know this because you've been there as I've talked about this uh, in classes that I teach. I always talk about where the trauma kits are. There's there's multiple on my range. And there's pretty much always, well, there is always one on my ankle when I'm at the range, when I'm teaching classes. And I make sure to tell students that. Guys, if I go down, let me tell you, 
here's my kit on my ankle. Here's where it is. And you'll find a tourniquet in there and you'll find these other things as well. So, uh, and then more and more. In fact, I am, I have mounted now to my competition gun belt, uh, a tourniquet, uh, pouch for, for, a, for, a, for a cat seven. Uh, so even, even though I'm just shooting competition, you know, and even though most competitions do a pretty good job of stocking stuff like that, I, I feel it's that important to have one ready, you know, immediately. Uh, and, and so as even at, at, you'll see that on me as I'm shooting competitions. Now I've got that mounted. I just mounted that actually in the last week. All right. Good one. Uh, here's my number three. Another tool related thing, uh, which is kind of encompassed in yours, but yours is not as comprehensive in your little out, uh, real avid tool. So what I have here is a complete set of standard metric Allen wrenches and Torx wrenches. Mm-hmm. And you can buy these little, these little, you know, setups, these little deals where, uh, in fact, I don't. Well, I had some here the other day because I was using them on my desk where I'd show them. And I know somebody was teasing me about not having you know show and tell like Jacob is today, but it doesn't matter because it's a podcast. Podcast first, video show second. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but uh, you, you buy those little ones that they fold up. They're kind of like they almost look like a multi tool or a pocket knife type you know setup. And I've got the sand, standard set, the metric set, and the torque set all all together. And those those go right there in my range bag all together. I can't tell you how many times those have saved me at the range. And, th- and this is the point. You, you spend your time, your money, your effort, whether it's to go to a class, whether it's to go and practice, uh, you, you get to the range. I don't like uh, being in a situation where my range trip or my class or whatever it is, is made less efficient or less productive because there's something I can't do or I can't fix because I don't have some of these tools and having those Allen wrenches and Torx wrenches uh, has saved me a bunch of times. That's my number three. It's true. Yeah. I just realized mine is missing from my range bag. I have one of those, you know, like yellow and black. I don't even know what brand it is, but it's got the Allen wrenches that fold over on either side and Mm -hmm. it's it's not in my range bag. So I must've pulled it out and used it and not put it back. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Next for me. Is that where we're at? Yeah, number four. <laughs> Jacob's number four. Okay, I think Not in any particular four. order. Right, Sorry. yeah. I'm, I'm trying to make decisions here about which one to say next. So I think my next one's going to be dummy ammo and a type three malfunction round, mm. if I can make those like in the same category. And man, I got a lot of dummy ammo in my range bag. I got, you know, various calibers and I'm just reaching in here and pulling stuff out. Here's some type three malfunction rounds. And here's a whole you know, bag of them here. Ah, there we are. These are all nine millimeter. Got tons of them. So I think that having dummy ammo is huge. I, I think it's great. There's just so many little things where it comes in handy. There's obviously certain drills that a person might be inclined to run to practice malfunction clearing or other things. Uh, but you can also just do a performance uh, check, you know, just to make sure the gun's operating uh, properly. And I think there's just a myriad of, of good good things you can do if you have some dummy ammo on you. Generally, dummy rounds are sold in packs of five. That's pretty traditional. Uh, that's how we sell it. So you can buy a pack of five and have it. And then the Type 3 Malfunction Round, which is kind of a newish product, these are really cool and really clever because 
when you when you want to simulate a type one or type two malfunction, obviously you can just use dummy ammo. You just put it in the mag amidst the other ammo, and when that round comes up into the chamber, you'll have a failure to fire, and you can perform your tap rack and feel warm and fuzzy about life. But the type three malfunction, the failure to extract, that's really hard to mimic. Uh, certainly, it's it's hard to mimic in live fire, right? In in a way where you're firing multiple rounds and then poof, you get your type three and you have to perform a type three clearance. Until now, this this new type three uh, malfunction round has got these kind of fins, I think is what the dude calls them that, that invented this thing, and it prevents it from going into uh, the chamber. It hits the breach face and and just kind of gets stuck there and and mimics the feeling and the look of a type three malfunction. And it has to be cleared the same way you clear a type three malfunction. So these are great. I just think that, you know, you, you, whatever you're doing at the range, these don't take up a lot of space in the range bag. They're not horribly expensive. So yeah, dummy ammo and the type three malfunction rounds. Hmm. Another excellent pick. Uh, also something that for sure is always in my bag. So is it in your guys' bags? That's why we're doing this episode today. So, uh, yeah, practicing malfunctions and, and the more realistic. I mean, certainly doing malfunction training in dry fire is really important because that allows us to get those repetitions. Repetitions are so key as we're trying to learn those those complex movements and mo- motor skills uh, relating to clearing malfunctions. So uh, do do the dry fire stuff, but when we're at the range, it's so beneficial to be able to set things up and run them realistically, at least as realistically as we can. So great suggestions there, Jacob. All right, Riley. All right. So my number four is three by five cards. Mm, yeah, good one. So, uh, three by five car, three by five cards are always in my range bag, uh, because they are such a useful target and a cheap one at that readily available. Uh, there's a lot of drills that could be done with three by five cards, you know, and it, yeah, I, I just, I love three by five cards. You'll see a lot of drills that I shoot or things that I set up involve the use of a three by five card. Uh, so, you know, whether it's, uh, Doing the the two by two, which is a Dave Spaulding drill. Seven yards, draw, put two rounds on a three by five card at seven yards in under two seconds. That's a really challenging drill, uh, frankly. I mean, I I can do it pretty consistently, but you you you've got to be you got to be switched on. You can't ever have the brain switched off when you're doing a drill like that. And that's kind of I think that's such a great drill. It indicates a level of a good level of proficiency with a handgun in a defensive context. I mean, do you have what it takes to draw and put two rounds on a three by five card size target, which is good representation of really the good, you know, hardy bits, uh, the place we really want rounds to be in the chest, uh, would fit in about the size of a three by five card close to, it also represents, a headshot pretty well for the most part too. It might be a little bit, little bit large in some of the dimensions for head, but it's certainly acceptable. Uh, and knowing that you can do that at seven yards, at ten yards, maybe doing a Jack Wilson drill at fifteen yards, uh, three by five card is just very, very, very useful. And so, cheap. and yes, you can buy a pack of fifty or a hundred or whatever it comes in a package typically for a buck. Or seventy nine cents, or whatever. So you got a ton of targets for very, very, very low cost, 
And that combined with whether it's just some tape or, or staples, I use staples a lot. Um, you know, you just staple it on a target backer and away you go. So three by five cards. Yeah, along those, along that category too, uh, post-it notes. I was just, you know, I know you, you mm-hmm. generally have post-it notes with you as well. Also a challenging target, but often you can buy a pack of post-it notes that come in lots of different colors. Mm-hmm. And so you can, you know, in it, if you're working with students or if you're calling out, you know, shots, then you can use those to have various targets. Yeah. So Diane, and, and I realize there's some lag between what we say and, and the comments that come in uh, just by nature of Facebook live, but she says, how do you attach the three by five card to the target holder? I just mostly use staples. So, you know, just a, so, you know, that's something that should be in every range bag. That could be an item on the list. Uh, it, it's one of those things that I think for sure should be in a range bag. Uh, I guess it really depends on the range you go to the most. Uh, for me, indoor range has a lot of stuff provided the outdoor range, not so much. Um, so, you know, I like having those staple guns with me and that's what I use. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Good stuff. All right. I'm next. This is my fifth one. This is my last one. Huh? Yeah. Here we go. Oh, drum roll. Number five. <laughs> I got two here that I'm trying to decide between. Oh, he's still got more. Well, maybe we get your, uh, I only, I, I literally only wrote down five things and I'm impressed. We haven't really come up with a duplicate. Um, but maybe you should throw yours out at the end as a bonus some bonus items. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that, with that in mind, then I'm going to say a good cleaning kit and something comprehensive. Now I'm holding up here the one I would recommend. I think it's the best I've ever seen because of the size and the contents. This is the pig lube range kit. Um, think cheeseburger, you know, like a good, a good solid cheeseburger. That's about the size of this thing. It's not quite as tall as a cheeseburger, but it's slightly wider, but now you're getting the rough idea of the dimensions of, of, of the pig lube range kit. I think what we, I don't remember what we sell these for, but it's, it's like a $45 or less product, probably somewhere in that, in that category. And it's a traditional cleaning kit. It's got all your jags and brushes and stuff. Uh, it's got all the different calibers, you know, rifle and handgun, you know, all your major calibers. It has uh, star brushes. It's got, it comes with a little chamber indicator and it actually comes with a pig lube. It comes with a, a, a big, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Barrel thingamajigger. I don't know. Can't remember. The the uh, it's just a cleaning rod. 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 Thank yeah. you. Cleaning rod. So it comes with full size cleaning rods that you know that uh, it's very long, so you could you know run it through the carbine. Uh, it's it's pretty comprehensive all around. So I just think this is really handy on more than one occasion. In fact, I'm thinking last was it last year we were taught that class where we had a Glock a 19x that was just acting up, have some weird issues with the trigger. So we just what do we do? We just field strip it, clean it, put it back together, right? So, um, yeah, the Pig Lube Range Kit or any nice compact but comprehensive cleaning kit, I think that's something you take with you to the range, not just have at the house for when you get back. Great. I would say, just as my little appendix to that, is that lubrication is so, so, so important for your guns. And, uh, I, I can actually get away without the cleaning kit as long as I've got lube. If I got lube, I'm good. Uh, it's, I always have a cleaning kit regardless, but by golly. And, that, and so I guess my point is make sure that cleaning kit has lubrication in it. Uh, whether you prefer oil or grease or you use both, just make sure you have some, something because that is a big, big, big problem people have with guns. Uh, 
I just saw a post somewhere, I think on Facebook, somebody saying, well, I'm having malfunction problems with my gun. And I could tell just from the pictures that he sent of like the inside and the barrel and stuff. He's like, yeah, can anybody figure this out while I'm having these problems? And I'm just like, dude, your gun is dry. Well, I put oil on it. Your gun is dry. You did not put enough. So yeah, lubrication, very important. Mm -hmm. Here's my number five. And I don't use these that much necessarily personally, but I mention it because I think these have great value for maybe some of you. So this just, this is really meant to give you some ideas. Uh, so speaking of attaching targets to target backers, or if you got like one by two sticks or something that you're trying to attach things to some ranges actually will have even like wires strung across. And the intent is that you're supposed to put your target, kind of over top those wires and you basically have to clip them to the wires. And that's what I'm getting to. So large binder clips. Like the alligator clips, right? Like the black, I don't yeah, know what they're called. I yeah. think I even have, this one I might actually have show and tell on maybe. Mm, I usually have some on my desk. Well, anyway, yeah. So the big, big, big binder clips, uh, you know, big enough that you can get them around a one by two, you know, the one inch side, and then you can clip a cardboard target backer to those sticks, uh, or you can um, attach a paper target, whatever, you know, that sort of thing. So those big, big, big binder clips, I think, have a great deal of use on the range. Simple yeah, as that. interesting because you mentioned uh, both of the three by five note cards, post-it notes, staple gun, and you know, and the the binder clips. Those are all really handy. Uh, when I when I go on a personal trip to the range, I use um, I think exclusively I use adhesive targets. I just peel and stick all my targets. Uh, that gives me some restrictions relative to what targets I have available in terms of sizes and shapes and all that kind of thing. But uh, I use a lot of adhesive targets. And so I'm, I'm just thinking out loud that I don't, you know, I don't have binder clips in my bag. I don't have staple gun in my, in my just personal range bag when I'm just running, you know, on my own to the range. But those are some things that I could see myself using if I, you know, use three by five note, three by five note cards, or if I varied a little bit out in terms of the types of targets I'm running. You should expand your mind, Jacob. <laughs> Speaking of targets, more stuff. (laughs) Speaking of targets, uh, you know, we have this free resource on our website, concealedcarry.com forward slash print targets. And none of those, you know, the idea there is you're printing your own targets and they don't self stick. (laughs) So now, speaking of other targets, we do have the concealedcarry.com adhesive targets, the peel and stick targets that uh, Jacob. Uh, is probably referring to and uh so yeah you, you should check those out too so those, those are super cool targets and they're very 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 handy uh yeah they don't they don't fit into a lot of the drills i do personally but i i, I have i do use them in fact sometimes I, just I for like a warm-up drill if i just want to shoot bullseyes the bullseye target works great for that yeah the eight inch the eight inch uh, circle I, I use that one a lot yeah I use the the three by we have one that's nine three inch circles. And I use that one a decent amount, mm-hmm. and the uh, the B twenty nine yeah here and there. Now this is an interesting uh, question actually from Everest on Facebook. He says, "How many shots do you guys put on each target?" Hmm. I, I'll po- I'll pose that to you, Jacob. Until I can't tell where I'm hitting. That's <laughs> the answer, right? I, I I use that target until I'm like, wait. Did I hit the where's, where'd my shot go? <laughs> yep. Um, now I'm not Riley. Riley basically calls his shots. He doesn't need a target to know where where the shots go. 
Um, but I'm not, my skill level is not there yet. And so I need the target to give me the feedback of knowing where my shot landed. And so I keep using the target until it doesn't provide that. It doesn't, until it doesn't do that job anymore. Um, I, I like the adhesive ones I use, you know, that we sell on consultcare.com have the little, uh, dots, you know, the black and orange dots. So I can put those over holes and try and keep the, you know, extend the longevity and use of that target. But eventually I'm going to get to a point where I'm like, I, I don't, you know, there's too many holes. I don't know where my shots are going anymore. And that's where I, I swap it out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, so my response to the question would be, I keep shooting the targets until they are no longer useful to me. And that's going to depend on what I'm doing and what I'm trying to get out of the current practice, you know, drill or whatever it is that I'm doing. Uh, so some examples, like if I'm using a USPSA target, it's got the A zone. Uh, there's a lot of times I'll, I'll just keep running things. And it doesn't matter how many holes I have in that A zone. Uh, I will only tape maybe misses outside of the A zone. Um, and, and that's actually really helpful sometimes if you're trying to learn shot calling. Uh, in fact, one thing you could do, and this is actually a tip from uh, Steve Anderson over at the that, that Shooting Show podcast. Uh, he actually talks about having a very, very shot up target on the front and then putting a fresh clean target behind it. Uh, to where you can't, it's it's not as easy to see where your hits are actually going, and that the purpose of that is, you know, you're you're aiming at and you're shooting at a very shot up target, but then you can go and check the one that's behind it, and go, oh, okay, all right, it, you know, and and the idea is to to help you learn and teach yourself how to call shots. The idea being you're supposed to shoot, say, like a drill, and be able to call where those went. And by using that shot up target in front, it forces you to do that a little bit more. So, and that's also helpful sometimes for some shooters uh, to not spend so much time looking at the target, spend more time with the thing that matters the most. And that's the gun and the inputs you're putting into the gun, the holes on target. That's that comes after the fact. And you see some shooters and you know this, Jacob, where they're shooting at a target. And every time they shoot that target, they're also like shifting their eyes and their focus back to the target. Where'd that go? And then they're coming, you know, then they're trying to come back. There's just got this constant going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And they're allowing that the hits on the target to influence what they're doing more than it, it probably should. Cause it takes the focus away from what really matters. And that's what you're doing with the gun. Yep. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, do, do anything to extend the life of your target. You know, you can use masking tape, I think was mentioned or little colored dots, you know, for whatever, whatever. Yeah. You want to do it, but yeah, the, the point is, is, as long as it's useful, keep on using it. Yep. In, in to be honest, for for me, it's not even the cost thing. It's not even the cost of the target. It's like there's times I'm like, people probably look at me like, why are you spending so much time, or why are you bothering trying to salvage this target that didn't cost more than a few cents or whatever? And it's not so much about the cost as it is the time. You lose more time trying to reset targets than you do just. Um, taping them really, really, really quick. Like I just shot a build drill. Well, I had one miss outside the A zone. Okay, tape that, tip that, tape that one miss. Or sometimes I'll just mark them with a pen just so I know what, where my misses went. I can keep sure. track of them. And it's all about being efficient because I go to the range. I go there to learn, to practice, to develop skill, not spend time. Okay, take that target down, put a new one up. Take that one down, put a new one up. That gets really time consuming. So, Jacob, uh, what are your bonus items? All right, well, did we say shot timer? I was trying to decide. I, nope. You mentioned having a backup shot timer, but I don't think shot timer was on our well, list. I mentioned so. having backup 
batteries for the shot. Oh, timer. That, maybe that's what. It Although was. having a backup shot timer isn't also is not a bad idea either. Yeah. In fact, no, every everybody that owns a range fail. tech right. should buy a second one. <laughs> Great idea, Riley. Everyone, everyone could buy us two two range tech shot timers. Um, so a, a shot timer, I think, should be on the list. Whether you're going to the range uh, for individual purposes, or if you're going to go, you know, in, in a class or with you know your instructor and you have students, a shot timer is a is a critical tool for me. Like not taking a shot timer is like not taking targets. Like you, if you don't. If you don't care about measuring your speed, then I got to assume you don't care about measuring your accuracy because both are equally important in balance, right? So <laughs> someone doing certain, you know, do, never using a shot timer at the range while training to me is like never using a target, not know, want, not wanting to know if you're accurate or not. So I think a shot timer is an underutilized tool, but a little bit off the horse there because we're very biased. We make and sell them. <laughs> so so two other items that uh, I'll make my bonus, bonuses here. One is the Mantis. Uh, the Mantis is not a tool I use every time I go to the range. It's not a tool I use in every class that I teach as an instructor, but it is one that is sometimes nice to have. And I, I you know, it's something I use more in dry fire than I do in live. But when I when I go to the range, it's nice to have it in my bag because sometimes I am going to get it out. And I'm going to put it on the gun and I'm going to do a little bit of diagnosis and see what it's telling me that I'm doing and and just you know, try and hone my craft. So I think the Mantis is a good one. And the last one on my list here uh, that I wrote down is gloves. I think that the average shooter does not have any gloves in their range bag, and gloves may not be something you need on an average trip to the range, uh, just like you may not need a full cleaning kit or tools uh, on your average trip to the range, but gloves do come in handy. Uh, for one, I think there's a there's a, a need to know to build some skill or ability to be able to shoot the gun with the gloves on, you know, potential cold weather kind of uh, angle there. Uh, there's also the reality that, you know, sometimes your hands just get coarse or hurt or beat up. And if you're taking a long a, a class, you know, if you're taking a three-day class and you're putting three, 400 rounds down range each day, you know, by the end of day one or some, maybe by the end of day two, your hands are going to feel pretty pretty beat on. And so putting on some gloves just puts a, a layer of, of, you know, cush, I guess, between between the ouch and the and the hands. So... A pair of good shooting gloves, I think, can can be a good tool to have in the range bag. I think Jacob needs to spend a little more time uh, with a hammer and shovel in his hands. I am a white collar <laughs> worker, my friend. <laughs> I just tease. Uh, you know, I always have gloves in my bag too. I don't necessarily use them that much, but I always have them. And that's that's a great suggestion. In fact, one place where they really come in handy. Uh, this is just from a like, like a competitive shooting standpoint. Kind of a little tip, especially if some of you are new at competitive shooting or thinking about getting into it. You definitely want to have some gloves, especially if there's steel targets to be reset. Because uh, you you spend any time resetting steel targets with your bare hands, and then they are they get really gross and nasty, and a lot of that's lead too. So that's not necessarily safe either. Uh, health-wise. Uh, so I'm, I'm all about reducing lead exposure um, You know, when shooting. You start shooting a lot. In fact, I need to get into the doctor. I, I talked to them about it, and I just need to go in and schedule it. Probably waiting for this corona stuff to die down a little bit further, but uh, and get a lead test, test done because, you know, I shoot a fair amount. So I want to know what those levels are. But anyway, having gloves for resetting targets for steel targets, really, really, really valuable. So uh, that's a great tip. I appreciate your bonus tips or items, Jacob. Actually, I, have, I just realized I have some right here. Here's Ooh, some look gloves. at that. These are the 511 gloves. I have mm -hmm. some Blackhawk ones in here somewhere too. Yep, yep. Mechanics, they make some 
some good ones. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch out there. We sell some on our site, Victos. We have mm-hmm. we sell all the gloves from Victos. Yeah, those seem like solid gloves. I haven't actually put them on, but uh, maybe I should pick up a pair and give them a shot. You got some in the shop. Help yourself. So, uh, yeah, that's that's our list, guys. I hope there was something there in, in the, these two lists of ours today that inspires you to be thinking a little bit more about your range trips and, and the preparation you put into them and the gear you keep and, and transport in your range bags. Because, again, I think what's key is that we, we maximize our efficiency and our productivity when we go to the range to practice, to train, to take classes, whatever it is. It's hard enough as it is to get good as a shooter. So let's remove as many roadblocks as possible to, you know, to further enable us to, to achieve our goals as it relates to running our guns. So that would be my summary of the episode. Jacob, any final words, anything you want to add? Nope. I think that's the key here. And we'd love to hear, you know, other things that you keep in your range bag or that you've, you know, some you saw someone else had in their range bag that you thought was a really good idea. You know, you can ping us and let us know what some of those thoughts were, but yeah, expand that a little bit. And, and I guess we didn't say it out loud cause it's one of those inferred things, but man, yeah. have a dedicated range bag. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. so you don't have to constantly repack this stuff all the time and get in trouble at the airport when you use the wrong bag and all the other drama that, that, would suggest just just get a dedicated range bag and hopefully yeah. in the not too distant future we'll be manufacturing and selling some range bags now here's actually i know we're wrapping it up here but this is a very valid question from diane how huge are your range bags to carry all that stuff what, what's your thought on that jacob um a, a, a bag that's made for the purpose that's designed to carry guns and stuff to a gun range is going to be a lot more efficient way to carry a great amount of stuff in a smaller amount of space. So you might see you see this list and think, oh my gosh, how do these guys have space for all this? Well, if you have a, a, a range bag that's designed for that purpose, I think you do better than you think. Um, here's one that uh, I have right here at the desk with me. This is a backpack. I mean, it's a large backpack, but I mean, I strap it on and I wear it like a backpack. This is the handgunner uh, bag. This one I've been using for many years that I'm a big fan of. It, it's got a pocket in here where I can put four handguns, uh, you know, right right there in the front. And then everything else we talked about is in here. You know, I got a grease and quick draw, CLP and lubricant. Uh, I can carry 12 spare mags in these little mag pockets. Uh, I got all my tools, my Mantis, earwear, eyewear, two pair of earwear, all my, my Uplulas, my dummy ammo, my ammo. Uh, my tools, all that stuff is in here. My gloves, uh, my med kit, all, all, it's it's all here. So, mm-hmm. yeah, get get it. I think the answer is probably you need to get a, a, a dedicated bag that's designed as a range bag, and that'll probably go a long way. Yeah. Well, to Diane's point, I, I do see some some shooters that show up at the range, and their range bag is like a small satchel, you know, sure. like sure. like this little thing. And so it's just a just a frame of reference sort of thing, you know. Uh, so you're hearing us throw all this stuff out. Yeah, one time my range bag was a small little bag. And as I've gotten more serious and dedicated to my training and, and again, learning from mistakes that I'd rather be efficient and productive than not, 
then I go, yeah, I want these things in my bag. And so that necessitates the bigger bag. So I have the same uh, GPS Outdoors handgunner backpack like Jacob. It's been very useful. I've used it for several years now. I've really enjoyed that bag. Uh, more recently, I mean, I still use it. And, and and so when people, you know, people are joking about me having two range bags. Well, the, the truth is I still like the GPS one and I kind of have some, some different things in it and sort of set up a little bit different way. Uh, but more often than not these days, I I'm using a, uh, it's called the range ready bag, uh, by 511 tactical. It's a massive bag and, uh, it really allows me to have everything pretty much in it. So that is, uh, that's, that's that's the deal. Yeah, it's a big bag. So again, you know, for a short trip, like if I'm just running down to my indoor range here, I just want to run through a couple things. I've got everything I need in my little little. I say little now because it is still a pretty good sized bag, uh, and it does carry a lot. And, and to be honest, Jacob, the uh, the 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 part where you can transport the four handguns, like you just pointed out, there's a lot of times where I pull the foam insert out and I just chuck that full of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> And actually a lot of ammo. A lot of times that's what I'll do when I go to these quick indoor trips is I'll have everything else organized in the various pockets. And then I, I'll, you know, I, I might just be planning on working on the, uh, my carry gun. And so I'll just take the one gun. I know we talked about having a spare gun, but this is specific to me wanting to work on that gun at the range that day. And it's an indoor range. It's a quick trip away from, you know, from my house for me. So if that gun goes down, it's not the end of the world. Um, but you know, I'll just stick all my ammo in the bigger, uh, pocket like you were just uh, pointing out yeah. and that that goes to the indoor range with me and then the big one goes to the outdoor range for sure yep and it, you know and it just, I just my my system is very scalable it's sort of like i got the core bag that that's that's all i'm going to need to take if it's just me going to the range and then i got another bag that's kind of my airsoft force on force uh you know dry fire you know it's got my cool fire trainer in there my airsoft stuff you know that's in a separate little range bag and then i also have this big tote, you know, that's this, this, like think Tupperware, like yep. Rubbermaid thing that you would have in the back of a truck. And that that's really going if I'm teaching a class, you know, and that's, you know, it's got knee pads and it's got all the tons of extra batteries. It's got the sunscreen and, you know, like all that other stuff. So I think it just, you know, you, you figure out what works for you based on what you think you need to take with you. But um, the takeaway, I think the, the summary, as you said, is this about efficiency. It's about you being able to do all the things at the range you want to do and you need to do without feeling like you didn't bring something with you or that you're wasting time doing things that you shouldn't have to do so you can be on purpose, be on track, and get more uh, ROI out of the time you've invested at the range. Awesome. Great way to end it. Great suggestions and a lot of food for thought for, for people. So, And before we wrap it up, we do need to announce this week's weekly podcast prize giveaway. Do you have that pulled up, Jacob? Or if not, I do. I don't. But I can. All right. Well, I will, I will, I'll let you be the drum roll and I will pick the winner. Oh, How about great. that? I hate doing the drum and, roll. And, and, uh, <laughs> I know. And that's why it gives me great pleasure to say you do the drum roll. Um, the, uh, the weekly giveaway guys, don't forget about it. Make sure you sign up each week, head on over to concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize to make sure you sign up each week. This week's winner is winning a, an ammunition ice cube tray. Uh, we've got, you know, a handful of these still sitting around the warehouse and honestly, we don't sell a lot of them. So it's a great, great opportunity to give them away. And as things are warming up, I mean, boy, we had a bit of a heat wave there for, for a stretch here in, in the Denver area. So, you know, you want to have a nice, cool drink with bullet-shaped ice, it'll be a lot of fun. So, guys, Ammunition Ice Cube Tray winner is, drumroll please. 
that's actually not too bad. Yeah, the, the key is to start really slow uh-huh. so that you actually feel the buildup. I'm, I'm getting yeah. better at this. Wow. Look at you. We might make a musician of you yet. <laughs> <laughs> Monica R. Last name starts with R as in Ronica. <laughs> Monica Ronica. <laughs> That's not her real last name. It's not. But uh, Monica, congratulations. You're the winner. We'll uh, contact you via email and notify you and uh, get that shipped out to you right away. So congrats, Monica, on winning the Ammunition Ice Cube tray. This next week's giveaway is for a copy of the Dorian Bush DVD. So if you don't have one of those, you're going to want it. Check it out. Get signed up today. ConcealedCarry.com forward slash podcast prize. And one last shout out to our episode sponsors. Again, another giveaway, the big, huge springtime giveaway we're doing with all these other great companies. Uh, Check it out, concealedcarry.com forward slash spring giveaway. And then finally, ccwsafe.com for your, I think, your choice, because it's my choice of self-defense legal coverage. Well, Jacob, it's been fun. Seriously, I enjoyed this episode with you. You, you, you are a buzzkill, and I think your new nickname has been uh, voted on by the people on Facebook land as uh, Jacob Buzzkill Paulson. No problem. <laughs> I, I, a badge of pride in my world. <laughs> but I actually really enjoyed this episode with you today. So thank well, you for thank that. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, a reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. Take care.